Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If somebody smokes in an apartment building, should they expect revenge? But first, boss didn't want to approve a short leave, so instead, I availed a long one. I work with a large organization having multiple branches in every state across the country. I'm the head of one such branch. My boss, the regional manager, controls around 15 such branches in a region cluster. During August this year, I'd asked my boss for a five-day leave for September, which he had promptly granted. I then informed HR about it, suggesting him to temporarily arrange for somebody to run my branch for the week. This was required because one, Due to some corporate directives, some of the branches, including mine, could not run without a branch head being physically present in the office. Two, enabling someone from inside the branch to substitute for me wasn't possible due to technicalities. HR assured me that there was plenty of time to arrange for my temporary substitute, so I didn't think much about it, since anyway it was his job to take care of in cases of leaves. My dumb butt didn't imagine it would be crucial to get the leave approved formally or in writing, because before this, nobody had ever faced something like what I was about to experience. Come the last working day before I go on my leave, I asked our HR about who would take care of my branch in my absence. He flatly stated that there was no one available in the region cluster who he could depute to my branch in my stead, as many employees in our region are on leave because of festivities this week. I said, you're telling me this now? Anyway, I fail to understand how that's my problem, given that my leave was already granted a month ago. HR says, have a discussion with the regional manager, my boss. I called him up. Apparently, the HR had already had a talk with him regarding this matter before I even called him. They said, how could you intend to go on a leave during this time when we're already under so much pressure due to this sudden staff shortage? On top of that, our company's audit is due next month. I said, but you had already approved my leave one month ago. They said, no, I'm sure I must have said that I would think about it. I said, absolutely not. I wouldn't have booked my tickets and planned my travel to my hometown to see my parents if you hadn't confirmed the leave. This went to and fro for a while, and I was exasperated from this argument. By the end, I felt really humiliated that I had to almost beg for a leave. I said, fine, I won't go. At that point, I arguably felt my dignity was more important than a few days off work. They said, huh? Okay. He was at a loss of words at my sudden giving up, so my leave stood cancelled. My tickets had to be cancelled, money wasted, and I was left utterly exhausted of this BS. A few days later, we got a notification for the yearly interstate staff soccer tournament being arranged by corporate. If selected, I'd be playing for my state, and the tournament, from selections till the final, would go on for a month. Soccer happens to be one of my favorite sports, so guess who just applied and got selected in the state team? Now, here's the funny thing about sports and activities that are arranged by our company's corporate center. The top management takes these seasonal events very seriously. If you're a participating employee, nothing or nobody on this planet could make you rather go back to sit on your chair and mind your job instead of participating. So as it appeared, although not on a leave per se, 
but I was all set to go on a month-long tour across the country, playing soccer without having to worry about managing a branch and getting paid in the process. Even irrespective of my leave fiasco, this was a darn good thing to get involved in. As some of you expressed a curiosity, yes, extravagant events like these are not unheard of in big or Fortune 500 companies. My organization is a large conglomerate and the third largest employer in our country. Still, it always beats my logic that they can spare some 150 to 200 employees for a month for fun, yet there's some regions that are plagued with staff scarcity. My boss's office was eventually informed about my participation in the event and was advised to excuse the participant from his duties until the tournament was over. The day before leaving, I drove down to the regional manager's office to finally inform him from my end about me competing in the event and my ensuing month-long absence that is to be expected. He looked expressionless and just feebly asked me, why did you really participate? I said, well, you see, had I happened to be at my hometown on a short leave this week, I wouldn't have been able to participate in the tournament at all or even try for the selections. Sad that I couldn't go on that leave. The defeated look on his face was priceless. I just say be fair and do right by your workers. This boss deserved that frustration. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below. Fridge returned to seller. I was looking for a second fridge and found one on the marketplace for a price I could live with. Drove out to see it, it was clean and the guy showed me that it worked, so I paid him and took it home. Stupid me, just because it turns on when it's plugged in doesn't mean it works. I asked if he'd give me half my money back. I figured there wasn't much chance he'd say yes, but I'm willing to give the people the benefit of the doubt. Of course, he blocked me. I'm not interested in a broken fridge, so I borrowed my friend and his truck a second time, loaded the fridge up, and returned it to this dude's house at about 1am. We wedged that thing right up against his front door and left. Honestly, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I think one of the most moronic things you could do would be to try to scam somebody that literally went to your house to get whatever multi-hundred dollar item you sold to them. If you scam somebody out of like 150, 200 bucks and they picked up said item from your home, in my opinion, you're basically asking for it. Either some kind of vigilante revenge or properly legal. Don't stiff the help. A long time ago, in the time before cell phones, I had a landscape maintenance business. I mowed lawns, I had as much business as I could do, and I only took on the best of clients. I had a client whose neighbor kept asking me to do his lawn. I told them if an opening came up in my schedule, I would let him know. I really didn't want to work for him as he came off as a bit of a jerk. I had time, I just wasn't eager to work for him. Some months later, a client sold their house, and I had an opening on that day. I let the person know that I could take on his place and the price would be X amount of dollars, which was on the high side. I billed monthly. At the end of the month, I sent out all the bills and everyone but him pays. When I get to his house, he's hiding inside. I knew he planned to stiff me, so I mowed the lawn, then took ammonium sulfate and wrote the word jerk on his lawn and watered it in. I went up to the door and knocked. No answer. I went home and called. No answer. I was right, he had no intention of paying me. When I went over to the neighbors the following week, the word jerk had already started to burn into the lawn. He stormed over and started yelling. I told him I have no idea. 
is there anyone else he hasn't paid maybe who would do that? It burned in really good, so we watered and watered it to try and fix it. The grass started to come back. It was very dark green for the next few months. In all, it said jerk on his lawn for about six months. Obviously, this was a little bit of a censored version. The actual word that OP basically burned into this guy's yard. A lot more severe than jerk and a lot more embarrassing than jerk. A lot of times you kind of hear similar stories for like web developers, but the bottom line, pay the people who do work for you. Pay the people you contract work from. Force me to accept to give my business away to someone else. It'll hit you in the pocket in a way that you will never expect. Around 15 years ago, I took on a hotel. I'd seen this hotel on the street that I owned a bar in be massively underused and basically be an overflow hotel for when the local chain was full during peak summer season. It was basically empty for 46 weeks of the year and I let my interest in it be known should it ever become available. Three years later, I'd kind of forgotten that I'd even said anything to the owner, but they hadn't forgotten and the large hotel chain pulled from their contract. And now, with only a few weeks until the summer season starting, they now had an empty property with no tenant and no income. I managed to negotiate a very good price for year one, as I'd have to throw money at the place to get it ready, and I'd still lose a few weeks of the summer with all of my best efforts, and then a reasonable rent for three more years with a renewing clause that they assured me would be honored. Basically, if I wanted to continue, they would simply let the contract roll on. They said that as long as I was happy and the rent was being paid, that's all they cared about. They said they were happy with the rent I was paying and all seemed fine. I gutted every bedroom, new wiring, power switches, bedding, curtains, all cosmetic stuff to make it nice to look at. I also repainted every room. The walls hadn't been painted in what looked like at least a decade, and some of the walls were so rotten that I had to scrape so many back and treat them before I could paint them again. I basically gave the whole place a facelift. I did it all on a small budget and called in every favor I could. I worked 20 hours a day for weeks while still operating another business, a bar, on the same street. Eventually we opened and it was a hit. I was able to make a nice profit in year one and have money to reinvest and remodel the hotel even more for year two. I installed new aircon, converted the bar downstairs into a coffee shop, and year two was better than year one. It was at this point that the owner decided to break the contract. He had received a much better offer from another chain hotel again. He had realized that I'd taken his piece of crap falling apart hotel and made it much better, and now he wanted to cash in on all my work. His exact words were, I'm not going to renew the contract in two years time. So basically I could accept his offer to me now. He owned a bar that wasn't working and he wanted me to come in as his owner and partner to make it work at no cost to me if I walked away from the hotel or if I saw out the contract I would be given no offer of any sort and he said he would actively work against me for those two years as well. So I was basically given an offer I couldn't refuse. I was paid to leave and received a shareholding in a bar at no cost to me. Sounds reasonable, I suppose, but I was still bitter that I was being made to take it whether I wanted to or not. I had put so much hard work into that hotel after all. I couldn't let him get away with how he went about it, could I? Cue petty revenge. This was a 30-bedroom hotel, 80 beds. I went around every single room and removed all but three of the seven bed slats on every bed. 
The mattresses were held up and in place, but anything more than lightly sitting on the bed, on the exact point of a slat, and you'd fall through the bed and onto the floor below. So the new hotel chain took over, changed the name, and basically opened my hotel as it was. As a chain, they were busy immediately. After only three days, they were closed again and had a delivery of 80 new bed frames. The owner was made to pay for them all as he had signed a contract to say that he was providing a hotel in perfect condition. And he had assumed that that's how I'd left it for him. I had not. To this day, he's never said a word to me about it. He just ate the bill and said nothing. But we both know that I got my revenge. Further info, he was an awful partner and after I'd made his bar work, he forced me out of there too but with no offer of anything this time. During COVID, he went bankrupt as all of his businesses were hospitality-based and they all had to close. I mean, let's be real here, the genuine problem is OP went into this using only verbal agreements. All I know is, is if I'm going to do the amount of work it takes to renovate a hotel basically all on my own, I'm going to make sure that contract is pretty airtight and laid out legally because forget losing all that time and effort and money. Something fishy. I grew up with a crappy dad. I don't want to go too deep into it, but suffice to say, it's taken a lot of time and therapy to get past. I was a really sensitive kid, and he was particularly skilled at making me feel overwhelmed and invalid. One particular week, he had taken things way too far, and I was at wit's end with his crap. He had just gotten a brand new fancy car, one of those high-end Audis with all the bells and whistles. The thing was his pride and joy. My sister and I weren't allowed to eat or drink in the car, and he was pedantic about shoes being absolutely clean before getting in the car. The only dirty thing allowed in the car was his filthy sports gear that he never washed, which permanently lived in the boot. Anything like towels from the beach, fishing gear, or slightly dirty shoes had to be cleaned first or transported in the dedicated fishing truck. The sports gear stank to high heaven, and I never understood why it was an exception. He was also using this anti-smoking concoction made with garlic, and the smell seeped out of every pore of his body. So choosing where to sit in the car was a Russian roulette of olfactory torture. At the start of this week, full of taking crap from him with no outlet for my frustration, he had come back from a fishing trip, and this made the wheels start turning in my head. The boot of his car had a panel on top of the spare wheel, and a panel next to the spare wheel for some tools. My dad was useless with tools of any kind, so I figured he would never look there, and thus the plan came to life. There was a chest freezer full of bait in the garage, and one weekend when I was home alone, I took my chance. I carefully pried open the small compartment under the spare wheel and nestled the frozen fish I'd selected amongst the tools. I placed everything back exactly as I'd found it and went on with my weekend. Come Monday morning, his car had a light but distinct smell of off fish. He didn't seem to notice but I was satisfied that my plan was unfolding. That satisfaction was confirmed when my mom started complaining a couple days later about the smell, telling him his sports gear was getting disgusting. Skip forward a week and things were smelling ripe. And my sister and I had convinced my mom to drive us to school, so we didn't have to sit through half an hour of nausea every morning. My dad had finally removed his sports gear, and my parents were now at a loss as to where the rancid odor was coming from. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. After getting the car cleaned, the smell was still there, and tensions were beginning to rise. It came to a glorious climax when my dad had to go on a week-long work trip in the dreaded, smelly car, and I got to spend the week deviously imagining the horror of a road trip in a car with the rotting corpse of a fish. By the time he came back, the smell was gone, and I never found out what got rid of it. For all I know, there might be still a fish skeleton in that little compartment in the boot. It's been about a decade since I did this, and it still gives me great satisfaction to think about. I do wish I knew whether the fish was still there when he eventually sold the car. I could only imagine myself in that situation, and I feel like if the smell was as bad as OP's describing, I would go crazy and I would start like tearing apart every compartment looking for, I don't know, a dead mouse or something that managed to weasel some way into there. So I feel like at some point they had to have found the fish, right? Like it might seem ridiculous to check in the toolbox area, but if it stinks relentlessly and you can't find the source, you're going to look just about anywhere, aren't you? Don't mess with the lady using a walker. My mom was handicapped due to a stroke and she had to use a walker to get anywhere. Her and my dad loved this local seafood restaurant. It was their favorite place to go to dinner. It was a really popular restaurant and was always crowded. It had a long line to get in. We get to the restaurant and my dad drops us off near the front and he goes to park. The line was long as usual to get in. My mom and I waited for what seemed like forever to get to the hostess stand. My dad had come in at this point and my poor mom had to stand up the entire time because they had no seats to sit and wait. 
We finally get to the front of the line and this guy pushes his way to the front and starts yelling that he needs to make a reservation, that the last time he was there they had screwed up his reservation. Meanwhile we waited in line and finally made it. My poor mom was standing up this whole time and this guy just takes over. The hostess doesn't even say one word to us. She just lets him take over and takes his reservation info for 9 people for the end of the week. She never once said I'm sorry for the wait or told him he had to wait his turn. Nothing. I was so pissed. My parents didn't go out a lot. They would look forward to this restaurant so much when they were able to go. It was difficult for my mom to get around with the walker. They would usually wait until one of us could go with them to assist my mom. The guy was so rude, so obnoxious, and so entitled, I was livid. So the next day, I called the restaurant and cancelled his reservation. I remembered everything he said, and I pretended to be his wife. Lesson to be learned, don't mess with my mom, God rest her soul. She didn't have many opportunities to enjoy life after her stroke, and that guy messed with her. My only regret is I couldn't go back the night of the reservation to see his reaction. Nobody likes a line cutter. Especially not some jerk like this that not only cuts the line, but both has a much more taxing than average reservation, nine people, and also had a horrid attitude. At the very least, if you're going to skip the line, at least put a smile on and act all rosy. Although I guess the people who are capable of skipping a line like this probably don't have the functioning to understand how to behave. I enjoyed Ricky Bobby's screaming at me in my rearview mirror. Yesterday, after several hours of idiotic Ricky Bobby wannabes racing past on the highway, I had had enough of their idiocy. A truck ahead of me was passing a car on a two-lane interstate. The car was in the right lane going about 65 miles per hour. The speed limit was 70. The truck changed lanes to pass and I followed the truck. Then Ricky Bobby came racing up in the right lane going 90 miles per hour at the very least. Ricky raced up behind the car in the right lane, slammed on his brakes, and then tried to force me out of the left lane. Screw off, Ricky. You're getting punished for your attempt to kill me. So, when it was my turn to pass, I slowed down to 66 miles per hour, and I inched past the car in the right lane, and laughed at Ricky as I saw him in my rearview mirror screaming and waving his hands in a vain attempt to get me out of his way. Screw off, Ricky. I'm enjoying your anger. After about a minute, I finally inched past the car in the right lane, put on my turn signal, and slowly changed into the right lane, as is the law. Ricky pulled up alongside me. I just didn't even look. After a few seconds, Ricky raced off down the road to confront Borat in a race to the death while I laughed and hoped there was a cop up ahead. Screw off, Ricky Bobby. You don't have a right to speed. I just hate seeing anybody that's like this on the road. And honestly, I've been spending too much time on Reddit and I've seen too many experiences now where somebody has some serious road rage and they're like looking out their window yelling and next thing you know their car's like rolling or they crash into the person in front of them. I'm just the kind of person that if I'm dealing with some heated, angry person, it's not worth it to me. I'll just start slowing down and let them go past and just go. My summertime revenge. My last apartment was right in the middle of the complex, about 20 feet from the pool. Over this past summer, there were lots of issues with people staying at the pool literally all day, starting around breakfast time until 2 to 3 a.m. Lots of drugs, alcohol, fights, and loud music every freaking day and night. Cops were called nightly, a flurry of complaints went to complex management, and their corporate overlords with a dismissive shrug as their helpful response. 
Those of us who lived around the pool were at our wits end until I had a genius idea in late July. There was a party still raging at 1am, so I set my Bluetooth speaker under a bush, cranked the volume, pushed play, and I hit repeat. It was Baby Shark. It only took one replay to make them leave. I did it again every time a party lasted till midnight. People got the hint pretty quickly and never came back. It was glorious. At first, I thought this was going to be a situation where OP was going to put their speaker there and blast it loudly, loud enough for the cops to actually show up for a proper noise complaint. But then I found out OP did the devil's work playing Baby Shark at full blast. Let's be real though, this complex sounds awful. Who doesn't have a regulation where people have to leave the pool at a certain time? How can these people just be hanging around at this pool at 1, 2, 3 a.m. and they just shrug? They must be desperate for money or something. Karen left diet books at a little library by a playground. She caught me chucking them out and had a dummy spit about how it's knowledge and I shouldn't throw them away. She said she would throw me on the ground and said I looked like I had a mental problem. Kept calm and didn't argue with her. Let her make a fool of herself in front of people as she jammed her stupid books back in there. As soon as her back was turned, I put them in the bin with the rest. In hindsight, perhaps I should have suggested she ask for a refund, because clearly they didn't work. That's definitely not the kind of books in the spirit of those little libraries. I think somebody that's looking or wanting a diet book is going to want to get one from an official source. How many people are really going to open the little library, see a diet book, and really be interested in it? Now, you put a Berenstain Bears book in there, I'd be more likely to read that than a diet book. Ah, the car dealerships and trying to upsell you. Took my car in for an oil and filter change. Oil and filter, that's it. Sat waiting in the Toyota lobby for this to get done. For some reason it takes an hour and a half. The guy comes back with my key and proceeds to tell me that the air filter is dirty. Also tells me that I need new brakes. We're in the lobby and it's full of people sitting around and waiting for their cars also to be finished. I replied to the guy as loud and as obnoxiously as I can, I can change the air filter myself which is located in the glove box at the back. And it was with a carbon filter, hence why it looks black. I had one set of brakes changed towards the tail end of 2022 with ceramic brakes that were rated for 100,000 miles of use, and the other set of brakes were just done this past summer after a trip to Colorado and squeaking that was occurring. That paperwork is also in the glove box if you'd like me to dig it out. I cannot stand it when they try to upsell you every time. Also, I went in for an oil and filter change. Why are you looking at my brakes? I just wonder how many times they try to do this upsell tactic on people and just get totally yelled at. I mean, for as often as it seems that they try to upsell you on these things, it seems like just about everybody's complained about how they try to, right? I feel like most people would be able to identify what it is and call them out on it. Neighbor continues to smoke, which pollutes my apartment, so I retaliate with noise pollution. I live in an apartment complex. Neighbor below me continues to smoke, which then blows into my apartment. I can't stand the smell. They've been asked to stop and a complaint lodged with Strata. They live on the bottom floor, so their courtyard extends out a few meters past my balcony, and this is where they sit and smoke. So now I use a Bluetooth speaker angled down at their courtyard and I play children's highly repetitive songs, the Wiggles, whenever they're out there smoking. I have to shut all of the windows since they're smoking so I can't hear it so it doesn't bother me, but they don't seem to enjoy it all that much. 
Apparently from what OP is saying, smoking in all areas of that apartment complex are prohibited. I mean, my question is though, considering they're on the bottom floor and they're all the way out into the corner of the courtyard, can that even legally be enforced in that area? Like how far outside do they have to be? I mean, I don't blame OP. I don't want to have to be smelling smoke and breathing that in all the time either. But I do wonder just how legal or illegal this is. Just be a set of fingers? Okay. I worked a lot of jobs over 45 years. This happened in the late 1990s. I was a legal secretary at a small law firm. Due to the nature of the firm's practice, they seldom appeared in court and mainly fought through court documents. So very strong emphasis was placed on error-free, perfect documents. Secretaries were held accountable. One staff attorney, R, just couldn't keep a secretary for more than a few weeks. Eventually, out of desperation, the executive director asked me to work with R to figure out what to look for in hiring his future secretary. He didn't use a computer, so he hand-wrote documents, while other attorneys created computer drafts. Secretaries were responsible for typing, inputting revisions, fixing minor errors, and ensuring court rules were followed for all documents. So I did. He was enraged, stating how dare I change his documents. I pointed out that I made small corrections, fixing spelling and grammar errors, etc. I was careful to never change something that was context or legal and would simply note those for his review, but he just insisted he always wrote exactly what he wanted. I said, so you just want a pair of fingers, no brain? He stated emphatically, yes. So I did exactly that, didn't correct spelling of a client's name, didn't correct defendant to plaintiff, didn't correct or even flag anything. It was incredibly hard for me as I had spent years proofreading and correcting as I typed, and my higher than average salary reflected that, but he got 10 fingers, no more. It took only one 45 plus page document for him to come and say he's changed his mind and also wanted a brain. I think because I was willing to obsessively, and obviously pettily, comply with his original request, he woke up a smidge. We had other run-ins, but eventually reached a mutual semi-respect, me for his dedication to good causes, and him for me sincerely wanting to ease his workload. I've definitely not done anything at the scale of what OP did here, but like helping out for like parents in the past and people who aren't the best at typing, you just realize that some people don't have a concept of how your editing really helps improve the translation to writing, and especially how the things you say when put down on paper or digitally might sound moronic or simple and could use some editing. That said, our final story of the day is enjoy the song of our people. Greetings all. So here's a small story about me being petty. I work as a bus driver. In our company, we have more than 20 nationalities from all over the world. All religions, cultures, orientations, etc. We're all friendly and professional to each other and respect each other. Now, on our branch, there's one unbreakable rule. When you see a colleague on the road, regardless your KMs, age, etc., Except for one guy, let's call him Jacob. Jacob is of a usual race, nationality, religion combo. I'm Caucasian European, and Jacob has assumed that I follow a specific religion that historically isn't on the best terms with his. I'm an atheist. Jacob never salutes, and by never, I mean he doesn't talk to me at all. He completely ignores my existence in any case, garage, station, hotel, launch room, etc. I always say hi, smile, and salute on the road. On convos with others, 
I have expressed my curiosity if this is my impression, and they told me, oh, Jacob, he hates you. How can someone that doesn't know me at all hate me? The answer is because he thinks that I'm of a certain religion. People are amazing, eh? Fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, we were both en route. On our buses, the printers for receipts won't stop beeping the alarm when the paper roll is out, until you change it. I always have plenty of them with me. We're at the central station when I go out to stretch my legs. He's one position in front of me. Another colleague comes over for a quick hi and so does Jacob running to us. He stands right in front of me, almost face to face, when he ignores my existence completely and asks the other driver if he has any roles with him, because he's out and goes crazy for five minutes. I said nothing. I had five. He spent the next 10 minutes begging all of the others on the radio to give him a printing roll, but no one could help. You hate me for no reason and ignore my existence with the most rude, passive-aggressive way possible? Enjoy four and a half hours of driving with a beep, beep, beep next to your ear. I think it goes without saying, but people like this, who hate people for reasons that are not only unfounded, but they literally don't even know are true, they don't deserve handouts. Why would they deserve anything? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.